<clears throat> Hello, and welcome to G Talk and All That Jazz. This podcast is really the testimony of a friendship that spans over four decades. A friendship between two Black professionals that began in Harlem, New York in the mid-1970s. As young men, both learning from each other on how to navigate the sometimes formidable and unapologetic streets of Harlem, New York, both here and now, still standing with a wealth of transferable knowledge. As you join G and Jazz on their journey of reflection, listen, listen closely for the true message about friendship, morality, and brotherly love, because their trials and tribulations come at a cost. G and Jazz will share their thoughts and opinions on a variety of topics, from love and relationships to family and politics, and of course, friendship. Again, welcome to G Talk and All That Jazz. Enjoy the journey. Oh, and buckle up. Jazzy, Jazzy Mac, it's been a long time. Where you been, baby Paul? It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a fine rhyme to step to. Think of how many you surely slept through. Time's up. Sorry, I, Sorry kept, I kept you. You know what yes. I'm saying? That's you know classic. It's classic, boy. Classic. Come on, man. Classic, they don't mumble, they don't mumble rap. It That's ain't right. No, ain't no boom, boom, None of that. No right? certified lover, pretty boy. This is exactly. This is Eric B. Rakim. Eric B. for president. Eric president, B. baby. President. The, the, the foundation of hip hop. Foundation. What's exactly, good, baby boy? Man. I'm good, man. Just, you know, working to make it do what it do, bro. You know, yeah, still man. trying to get through this pandemic in 2021. Yeah, trying man. to stay safe. Since we've done our last podcast, bro, I've officially been fully vaccinated. Excellent. I'm so happy. Yeah. I'm so happy, man, because um, I, I try to kind of temper my comments about the unvaccinated folks because you are unvaccinated. Yeah. And so as soon as you got unvaccinated, I start going in on these unvaccinated full board attack, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. You know, so, you know, it, it's just um the vaccine and I totally get 100%, man. People have the right to, to control what goes into their bodies. And, right. and, you know, you hear the hypocrisy in terms of, oh, you drink, you smoke, you you dye your hair, you put lotion, perfume. OK, that's that person's choice. And they right. take that risk and they they you know, and it's also their choice that they want to take that vaccine. And I totally get it. One hundred percent. However, and it's yeah. a big however, capital H, however, the vaccine in terms of the science has shown that it will protect you from severe sickness and death. So, exactly. so I think that that trumps that to me, that trumps not getting vaccinated. You know? Yeah. And yeah, so, man. I'm going to, you know it. me, man. I was afraid of the vaccine. You know, I I mean, last time it. I got vaccinated, I turned 50 <laughs> and the flu vaccine put me in a hospital for eight days. I was in a hospital, man. Yeah. And I was afraid, you know, mm-hmm. but when you got sick and you were vaccinated and we know Mm-hmm. But if you were not vaccinated, it could have been worse. We thank God thank that, God, you know, it didn't, yeah, it didn't turn out that way, but it could have just I, that quick. And I, I totally have a different perspective of uh, COVID-19. So, yes, mm-hmm. I had a healthy fear of it, just like most people did. I, you know, we stayed um, our butts on the couch, 
you know, until we got this vaccine. And then once we got the vaccine, we kind of lowered our guards. And I think because we lowered our guards, we made ourselves a little more vulnerable. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that period of time that I was actually, you know, very, very sick and I probably should have gone to the hospital, but I decided not to just because of my own personal reasons and, and right. knowing some of the, the disparities in healthcare, even though I'm in, I am a healthcare professional, but I do understand that I am still a black person in these United States. So I'm not, I'm not immune from the type of care that I possibly get because I am, you know, I know the system, but long story short, you know, yeah, it, 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 it really, um, it, it really, you know, impacted me. For lack of a better yeah. word, man. It me really too, bro. Me. And I'm gonna tell you, man, it impacted me as well because I went right out yeah. and I got myself vaccinated. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be honest with everybody. I'm happy I'm vaccinated. Yes, I'm happy. Too. I suffered. I'm gonna be honest with you. My the way it most people had the sore arms, the tiredness, the weakness. I suffered the first time I got the the first dose of the Pfizer. I was dizzy. I had a fever. Mm-hmm. I was hot. I had stomach cramps. It was horrible. And the mm-hmm. second one was just as bad. Mm-hmm. I had the fever. I had the sweats. I had, you know, I threw up so much, man, two and three days of vomiting. It was the worst. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you, and this is my personal choice, like you said, Jazz, mm-hmm. personal choice. Mm-hmm. I am so happy yeah. I'm vaccinated. Man, I'm, I'm so happy, happy I am vaccinated. And also, the last thing I'm going to say is, I'm still mindful. I still am one of those guys. I wear my mask everywhere I go. Yes. I don't hold, I don't touch doors in public places with my uh, my bare hand. And when I come in, I'm gonna wash my hands and sanitize my hands. I'm even though I'm vaccinated, I'm still mindful. So. Yeah, it's not over. You know, more than two thousand people are are dying every day. So we we are still in crisis. I think we just got a little numb to it now. A little Teflon. We we kind of. Um, uh, the 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 news uh, the news uh, real in terms of the life of the story is not as impactful anymore. The right. life cycle of the story, and so we just got so Teflon to it. Yeah, over two thousand people are dying now daily. Yeah, they're not talking about it as much though. They're you talking about that? it as much, right? Because they out there, it's real. Yeah, because you know, somewhere along the line, as as a society, we have just become so numb to so many things, man. Yeah. That impacts people. I don't yeah. think so. And I'm not being cynical. I'm just being- No, not just at being, all. Just I, being a realist. You're being real, man. Just being a realist. But, uh, but let's get into the topic of our show today. But, and, before, we um, jump into, before we jump into the topic, Gene, let me just get a little political. Is that okay? That's cool. Just, just a little it. political. I just Go for it. To, I just want us to take a moment and recognize what's going on down in the southern border. Uh, the- the Rio, Rio, the Rio Dale Bridge, International Bridge, was happening there um, with our brothers and sisters from from Haiti, and we saw some of the. Um, it was almost like a a um, a flashback in history when we saw the 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 Border Patrol um, whipping in a whipping motion towards the Haitians on on the southern border to prevent them from coming into. Um, these United States, um, because they know, and this country knows, that once they hit the sovereign land of the United States, they get full protection of equal law under the 14th Amendment. So mm. they're doing everything in their, in their, um, in their, um, 
uh, gumption and might to stop them from getting on getting on the soil and sovereign land of these United States because they will get equal protection of the law as soon as they touch down on this land, regardless of your international status, immigration, or any other type of classification. So we need to be mindful that this um, these migrant Haitians who are escaping um, um, catastrophe in terms of earthquake, political, political instability, um, crime, corruption, death, even um, from gang and criminal activity. So we have Absolutely. to be very mindful. And so I just want everybody- And I wanna ask you a question on that, Jazz. Sure. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. How can the government find room for 85,000 Afghanistans, but they can't find room for 800 Haitians? Well, historically, when you look at Haitians and migrant Haitians, it has always been some discrimination from the early 70s. So this is not new. There's always been this, um, from every administration, this notion of um, not allowing um, Haitian refugees into this, into this country. So this is not this is not this is not new. What's going on there with the migrant Haitians are, is not new. This is this is this is um how you say um same same old same circus different clowns. Ooh, powerful same, brother. It's the same circus but just different clowns. So this is how, has always been our policy against Haitians, migrant Haitians, refugees coming into this country, especially when they seek asylum, and based mm -hmm. on all the conditions that they're under. This is asylum. This is what asylum looks like when you're trying to escape oppression, death, um, political instability, so forth and so on. Catastrophes, natural catastrophes, even from the 2000 earthquake, they haven't recovered. And now there's another major earthquake, 7.2 on the rector scale. And so, so this, is what, this is what asylum means. This is what it means. But we have always had this policy, this discriminatory, racist policy against our, our Haitian brothers since the 70s. This is not new. It's the same circus, just different clowns. Bro. That's a, that's the takeaway. Same mm -hmm. circus, different clowns. different clowns. So let's move into the topic of the show today. Let's go. And me and, I, me and Jazz, we've been going back and forth on this one. But the topic of the show is going to be, why can't good dads choose their daughter's mates? Why can't good dads choose their daughter's mates? Now, you know, we okay with, you know, letting them come down to the, you know, two. You know, you pick the two and let your dad pick the one out of the two. You still get your choice, right? But mm -hmm. before we go into the topic of, this, of, of, our, of our debate uh, tonight, let's get our disclaimer in. Let's go, Jazz. This is a public service announcement. All the stories you're about to hear are all true. Name, dates, and events will not be changed. They will not be changed under any circumstance. Not because of executive privilege, not because of the Fifth Amendment, not because of immunity. No reason why we're gonna, we're gonna lie to you. And if we tell the truth and you break up with your sugar boo, your, <laughs> your honey bunny, your spouse, your pronunciation. <laughs> we are sorry, but gee, we are Beyonce sorry. Sorry, yes. sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's the best part of the show. 
So Jazz, on this topic of uh, fathers, you know, especially black fathers and their daughters, do you have any stats that you know that we can talk about? Well, so when we when we talk about fathers' involvement, right? I think what's more salient is that a girl can be perceived as her dad's love at an early age. G, she she wants to look for a stable relationship that inspires peace and stability, right? Parental closeness, parental closeness can unconsciously help adolescent girls make fewer mistakes when choosing a partner. Girls tend to be more confident around boys and won't let anyone take advantage of them at their young age when the father is involved. They don't seek to have multiple partners. In fact, they strive to have the opposite. So I think that that is very important as we go, go into this debate. And I know this is hot and heavy on your mind. Yes, man. Because you know what? I have, as everyone knows, man, I'm a girl dad. I have two daughters. They're beautiful. But in their life, strong-minded, strong-willed girls. And you have a beautiful daughter as well. You know, but what they don't seem to understand is that we've been on this planet way longer than they have. Mm-hmm. We've been in this game for such a long, long time. I think I wrote so a couple of chapters. I think I wrote a couple of it's, chapters. Absolutely. I think I helped you co-write some of those chapters yes, I think we well. co-authored some Playboy chapters. <laughs> exactly. So why can't they understand that they can, you know, that we can be play a paramount uh, role in helping them decide who their mate should be? You know, why can't we? I mean, I, you, you take the opposing side. So, so I, 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 I don't know if this is opposing side. I don't know if this, you know, if this is opposing to your point, but I truly think, and I might be supportive of your point, but I truly think in terms of the absence of the father choosing, right? But I, tru- I truly think that women, um, they are, are behind the curve when it comes to men in terms of, choosing the one and this is why i say that men we line them up we line up about maybe five or six and we date them all as you would say the tall ones the skinny ones yes the fat ones the yellow ones the dark skin ones the, the 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 big feet ones we date them all and then we begin to pare down we begin to pare down to maybe one or two. And then we see if those one or two are the ones that hit our expectations. Those yes. are the ones that make us feel good. Those are the ones that, that bring that tingly feeling when we mention their names or we see them. And then we start, then we make a choice. I don't think that, I don't think that, this is my, my opinion. I don't think that women go about that. I don't think they do it that way. I could be wrong. And maybe we get some feedback. I think that many times, you know, a, a good guy who appears to be a good guy comes into a woman's life, do some good things, and a woman makes a, 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 a quick assumption about this person when this person is more than likely a wolf in sheep clothing. And I think exactly. that that happens. So exactly. And that's what I want to say that. And that's the, that's the, I think you just let me right into my point. As fathers, we can see through the, the sheep clothing. Mm-hmm. We can see the wolf, mm-hmm. right? There's certain things that I look for. Okay. When my daughter introduces me 
to her quote unquote boyfriend, the first thing I want to see is, is he looking me in my eye when mm. he's introducing himself to me? Mm. Is he gripping my hand firmly like a man, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I see a man or supposed to be a man looking down and looking away and so on and so forth and whatever, that's a red flag to me, you mm. know? A man meet a man, you meet, you meet a man, you look a man in his face, right? And then you have a conversation with that man, especially when you're dealing with uh, a, a female's father, mm-hmm. you know? So those are all, to me, part of the red flags. And, and then conversation. Like, I'm, I'm all for going out with, the, with, your, with my daughter's mate, you know, taking to a football game or baseball game. Maybe we can go out to dinner and have a, a conversation and chop it up with them. And I want everybody to understand this. I'm not trying to run or control my daughter's life because, first of all, neither one of my daughters will let me do that. <laughs> However, you know, you know, while they're in love and in that cloud of, oh, whatever, my eyes see clearly. Mm-hmm. So when that guy slips, I'll see it before they'll see it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes love will blind you. And it happens to male, males, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure mothers um, who have those sons could probably agree with me as well. You know, you know, females as moms. I don't care what nobody say. My mother has never been wrong about any of my relationships, whether it be female relationships or male relationships. Mm-hmm. And she raised us. She raised me and my brothers, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the same way about mine. You know, I see it. I look at the character of a young man and, you know, I, I, I look, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for how he was raised. And that doesn't mean he was raised with both his mother and his father, because I wasn't, you know, 100% raised just by my mother and father. My mother took on the, the bulk of the load. Mm-hmm. However, she taught me some things. My mother taught me how when you go out to a restaurant, how you pull out a chair and how a woman is supposed to walk on the inside of you. And to me, I tell my daughters, you look for that. If a guy doesn't know that when he's walking with you in the street, that he should be walking on walking, you should be walking on the inside and not the outside. That's a red flag. That means he wasn't taught well. Mm. And, the, and the saying is this, and I'm going to give you the history behind that. Back in the day, pimps would let Johns know that the women they were with were for sale when they walked them to the street side. Mm. If the woman walked on the inside, that was his woman. And the woman walking on the outside, that's his jump off. Mm. So that's where that comes from. My mom taught me that a long, long time ago. You know, that that's why women also walk on the inside because as men, we're supposed to protect them. And I always want a man to protect my, even though my daughters can protect themselves, they both took martial arts, they walk and fight. I want a man, and if somebody do something to my daughter, be able to protect my daughter. That's all I'm saying, Jazz. Yeah, but I think that, you know, you know, I'm, I'm constantly around a lot, of, a lot of young people because I, I teach, and I think that it, it, it offers me a, a daily dose of insight in terms of where their, their thinking is. I think now in this generation is, and I am not knocking one generation or the next generation. I'm just saying what my observation is, is that this generation, I don't think being serious in a relationship, especially in their early twenties and even thirties is even a priority. We have to look at historically in terms of marriage and why marriage was important. It was, you know, it was because of economics. And, and it was a time and age where the man was the breadwinner. So it was more you know, advantageous for a woman to, to marry a man early 
um, for that economic stability. Now, you know, women are bosses too, and they don't need men for um, that economic stability. However, I do believe still that relationships are core to one's happiness. I think that, you know, the notion that our happiness is literally in the hands of others is so true. And what these young people have um, adapted to, I believe, is this hookup mentality. Hook up, have sex, and keep it moving. Keep it moving. Is this the sneaky link thing you were trying to teach me about? <laughs> it's the sneaky link. Oh, sneaky link. Sneaky, okay. sneaky link philosophy. Sneaky link but philosophy. Sneaky link philosophy is something totally different, right? So anybody can have a sneaky link. But what I'm talking about is this hookup mentality now. It's just that I'm going to meet you, have an experience with you, and keep it moving. And, and what, even, what even makes it more... Um, now, I want to say confusing because that's, that's not the right word. But what makes it even more complicated now is, is that we have so many new definitions of what, what gender represents and even what sexuality represents. So the role of a dad, I think, and is, is so important for clarity um, when it comes time for a daughter to choose a mate. But we also have to be open because that mate may be a same-sex um, person. And so does that still, you know, from a traditional dad point of view, she's not picking, she's not picking a male for a husband, but she's picking the same sex partner. Do we still um, hold true to that same premise that the dad should be in, involved in choosing that mate? So it's hey, difficult. I'm, 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 I'm going to say, I'm going to say this, and then I'm just speaking for myself, mm -hmm. my dad, mm -hmm. I say this, mm -hmm. whatever's going to make my daughter happy, I'm going to support it. Absolutely. If that means same sex, I'm going to support it, you know, but at the end of the day, I want my child to be happy. You know, I want her to be in a, in a good relationship. I, want, I don't want her to be in a hostile, toxic relationship because mm -hmm. nowadays, man, I don't know if you heard about this new thing. I forget. I don't even, I can't, I have, and maybe we could do a follow-up show with this, okay. but there's some new terms about these, these relationships now where there's three of them. Yeah. One I guy, two girls, mm -hmm. one girl, two guys. And they got terms for these things. Four, <laughs> so, so they all, and they all share the same relationship. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's crazy. No, it's not. It's I'm not like saying, no, it's, bro, no, it's, it's, this generation is wilding out. No, I, I mean, I, 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 disagree, I disagree to a, to a point, right? I disagree to a point. I think that, you know, this, so, so this is how, this is how I, 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 I can explain it to you. You know, they put a, a an adjective or pronoun to give you a description of something that didn't have that identification before. So I'll give you an example. <clears throat> microaggression, right? A microaggression is when someone shows a sign of prejudice, but in a, a very um, um, subtle way. They may say, um, um, all Black people eat chicken. Right. They may say something like that. Or they may say they may say something like, um, oh, you look good for your age. You know, it usually is, is around racism. These microaggressions that happens, you know, man, can I touch your hair? Can I touch your hair? Like these are microaggressions. When I was coming up. No, I white people shit. Well, I'm not going to say that. But what I'm going to say is that when I was coming up, I couldn't. There were no words to identify that. 
Now there's words to identify when that happens. Oh, this is, don't, don't, don't impose your microaggressions on me. So now you can describe it. So now coming to this sexuality, people can describe these scenarios that we've been dealing with for, for forever, you know? I mean, but now there's a description to it and it's meaning, it's meaning to it. But sometimes in this, in my cynical 50 plus years, it's like enough is enough. It's All like, right. like, let me know, do you have a uterus or you don't? <laughs> no, I say, check the baby pictures. That's what you want. You want it before you get, listen, this is my, this is my, um, and I was going to put this in my G spot, you know, uh, segment. But you got to check the baby pictures. You got to go back and look at the baby pictures. But at the end of the day, man, all you want is your child to be happy. And you want to have a, you know, a part in that. You know, if the, if your if your daughter's trust you, and this is, this is just going back. If your daughter's trust you, you're a good dad. You've been there. You know, you're always looking. And you, you're not enforcing it. But you know what? Come to your father and ask him. And hey, what are your thoughts, dad? You know, at the end of the day, as adults, you're going to make your own decision. But I just think that dad should have a say in their daughter's mates, whether it be a female, whether it be a male, whether it be whatever. You know, I just think that we should have a say, you know, to uh, to assist. I mean, just like when your kid is riding a bike for the first time or whatever, that's you assisting. Right. First time you take your child out there and play basketball, you out there, you assisting. Mm -hmm. You know, the first time, you know, most of us, man, we we the ones that taught our daughters how to drive. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you trust us in all those things and going to school and, you know, their education and, and uh, their well-being and taking them to the doctor. And they, why can't we be a part of their, you know, their, their, their relationship, you know, helping them? Not that you want to intercede, but you want to say, hey, these are some of the things that I noticed. You should take this into consideration. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's factual because especially that male perspective is so, so very important. Because we know how we know how men move, we know how they how they we flow. We men, yeah, you know, we men. and we know and we know how the games start, and we know what gaming is. Yes, and, sir. And um, you know, but the trust part is very important. And sometimes, G, <clears throat> we are the human as a human species. We learn by trial and error. Yeah. And so that's the that's the unfortunate part. Many times yeah, man. We, want, we want to prevent our our children from making the same mistakes that we make. That pain, <clears> that hurt, yeah. That hurt hitting that wall and having to be scraped off that wall and, and, and pulling yourself back together. However, because we do live in trial and error, you know, we're gonna we're gonna touch that stove. No matter how many times the parents say, Don't touch that stove, we're gonna touch it and find out for ourselves. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we say, don't go around the corner. Don't go around the corner. There's a shoot around the corner. Don't go around the corner. What are you going to do? We just want to peek around the corner. Peek around the corner. Peek around the corner. So <clears throat> it's about trial and error. And that's how we learn. And that's just, that's the human species. That's our development. And I believe. So what you're basically saying is that even though the father may have some input, the child still may go the other way anyway. And they can, want to try it out for themselves. You can, as my mother would say, you can lead the horse to water, but it doesn't but you mean can't make them drink. Doesn't right. want to drink it. You know, you can just right. hope. You can just hope. Um, you can pray and you can support them uh, um, regarding their decisions that they make at the end of the day. 
you know, if it's your choice, you know, more than likely um, history, history will, in hindsight, will, will clarify everything is, is what Maya Angelou said, what you, life will teach you what you refuse to listen to. Ooh, that's powerful. Then. Right. And so they, if you, you, you can go ahead and you can make your, your mistakes and you can take those knocks on your head or you could, you could listen. And, you know, and I, you know, you can learn from my mistakes without making the same mistakes. So exactly. it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's either way. It's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. And without, and with our daughters, you know, you know, um, you know, it's, it's just like, sometimes it's, it's like, we have to reconcile as men, especially when they get to that age where they sexually active and then you meet the boyfriend and you, you got to reconcile like, I know this dude is doing the same dirty thing. Ah, 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 we don't want to. We don't want to hear that. It's the it's the fact. I'm doing the dirty one. I don't want it. She got a child. I still don't want to hear it. I don't right, want right, to believe right. it. Right, right, right. We don't want to believe. We don't want to believe it. Right. I believe it. She's still a virgin. She's still a virgin. She's still a virgin. <laughs> I, I, I hate. She's still a virgin. You're such a good. You're such a good person, Gina. I hate to bring you the bad news, my friend. If she had a baby, it was a process, my friend. And it took some practice, and the practice was good practice. <laughs> right. All right. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes our show uh, for this evening. We're going to have some final comments from Jazz, and then we're going to go into our little G-Spot segment where we're going to just do Relationship one-on-one. Um, but Jazz, before we conclude our show, man, what are your final thoughts? Final, final thoughts, man, is that we have to... Um, be very open-minded with our, 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 our daughters in terms of the choices that they make in their relationships. We have to be flexible and we have to show that we can compromise. And we, 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 it's their decision. And, you know, if we, if we support it or not, you know, if they like it, we should love it at the end of the day. And uh, my final thought, and this is gonna be under the G-Spot segment, I'm gonna say this. To all the daughters out there, if you trust your dad with your life, trust him with your relationship too. He has your best interest at heart. Your dad loves you. He wants the best for you. So if, you, if you're sure he would lay down his life to give his life away to protect your life, trust and believe that he wants the best for you in your relationships. Trust him. He's there for you. No one is ever going to love you. No man ever going to love you as much as your dad loves you. And that concludes the show for tonight. Thank you. Have a great night. G talking all that jazz. We're G. I'm G. And I'm jazz. And this is G talking all that jazz. And we're out. Peace.